0: So, we've been talking about seasons, seasons of life. And so, in this series, um, I was talking to someone in the office this morning. I said, You know, the series that really have the most potential to help people typically are the most boring on the outside. The ones people go, Oh, that's kind of lame. I'm not sure if I mentioned that one. Those are the ones that you got to lean in on. This series was not a lot of fun for me to preach. if you guys kind of know me at all, you know, I love series that are more edgy and fun so <laughs> where I get to kind of poke at people. I don't get to poke very much. You understand what this series? I don't get to do any fun stuff. But I knew we had to do this series because one of the things that I've seen as a pastor is that shifting seasons is a time in people's lives when they find the pain and the disappointment and the hurt that they've been hiding from. There's something about shifting. When you go from having your kids at home, and all of a sudden your kids are gone away at college, and you don't, you don't have that distraction anymore. There's something about when you have your job, but then all of a sudden it's time for retirement. You don't have this thing to keep you busy anymore, and all of a sudden, the soul has this kind of a, a habit that when things slow down, the soul, the inner part of you, begins to kind of speak up. It gets louder. And most of us have learned to keep the soul quiet. By trying to stay busy, trying to to find identity and meaning, trying to cope. Whatever it is that you've been doing, you've been trying to move quickly through life. Because when you begin to slow down, that's when all the stuff begins to come up that you don't want to deal with. And so in this entire series, I've been trying to help you. I want you to understand this. When you shift seasons, you will suffer. You will go through pain, and you need to know how to handle that season. The worst thing you could ever do is go into a new season of life and try to live in that season, As if you're still in the old season. If you get married tomorrow and try to live as if you are single, is it going to go well for you? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. As we talk about the last season of life, this season is the primary reason for this entire series. Um, As I've pastored, there's been two groups in the church that I think that we are the worst at taking care of. The first is the the unmarrieds. We're terrible at that. We talked about that already. We don't give them the tools they need to thrive. And the second group, I think, is a group that the church isn't the, the only culprit here, but I think that our culture itself, the last season of life. Now, here is a challenging question for you. What is the appropriate term for old people? Hit me. Holler it. What is it? Come on, anybody. Heroes. heroes. You wouldn't happen to be in that category of heroes, would you? Heroes. Anybody else? What else have we got? senior citizens elders anyone else vintage, vintage. what was that Geriatric. Ger- geriatrics anyone else mature i like that word what, wise wise in britain they call them pensioners i love that you know they're they're collecting their pension oh come on they're british who cares are right? you guys are like Ugh. Stupid English, keep their tea and their pensioners, right? Okay. Our culture looks down on this stage of life more than any other stage of life. We have a culture which has been created to worship a certain part of your life, right? The prime of your life. From your mid-30s to your mid-40s, this is what our culture creates. It's your prime earning season. You still have your, your looks, you still have your, your strength and vitality, and you are able to earn, to create money, to, to be valuable to other people. In our culture, from the young ages of, we, we train all through school for one thing, vocation. What are you going to do when you grow up? We never ask our kids in school, and our teachers are amazing, by the way, <sighs> I was about to get in big trouble. Um, in school, we're not trained to ask children, who are you going to be when you get older? We train them, what are you going to be? What are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish? How are you going to contribute? How are you going to add value to other people? And so we raise you up and we say, hurry, hurry, hurry. Get to that prime spot and just live it up. Get to that spot where you've got the right job, the right promotion. You've got the kids. You've got the money. You've achieved things. And you get to enjoy it. But our culture does not worship the season that comes after that. What happens when you aren't as valuable anymore? When you don't earn as much money? When you can't produce the things that you were able to produce before? What happens when you can't lift as much or run as far? What happens when you might not be able to be driving a car? Are you as valuable now? If you want to experience a sad thing, Go to some of the retirement homes in the area. There are a few that are excellent, but the majority of them are very depressing. You walk in, and the only people who are caring for people in this season of life are people who are paid to do it. How would you feel if the only people who gave you any attention in your life in the average day were paid to pay attention to you, to talk to you, to ask you how you're doing? Are you hungry? Do you need anything? How are you feeling? And the church isn't much better either. We don't know how to handle people who are in that last season of life. Our culture and our church were so bad at honoring this season of life, it took me 15 minutes researching to figure out what is the right word to call people in this stage of life. How do I not offend people You know what the appropriate term is right now? Older people. (laughs) I mean, it depends who you're talking to. I'm older. Anyway. But that is the term. So today, I will call you older. And I I think the reason that older is acceptable is because that means there's always someone else who's what? Older. (laughs) Until you're not around. Right? So it works. It's very appropriate. Older. And so in this season of life, we have a culture that tells us that we are on the end of things. This is where it goes down, right? Who's ever heard of like the roller coaster analogy, right? You're at the top of the hill and now you're on your way down, right? The idea is that from this point, life only gets worse. How does that feel to think about that reality? From this point on, everything that was good is going to be less good for you. Everything you enjoyed is going to be less. The way people see you is going to be less. It's a difficult thing to even talk about. On the surface, this is a season of loss. You guys saw on Facebook, asked the question, what are you uh, afraid of about being older, about getting older? And I got a long list. I think I had about 80 responses. Almost all of them had to do with one thing, loss. Losing mobility, losing their mental faculties, losing loved ones. Friends, family, parents, losing their vocation, their jobs, losing independence, the ability to drive themselves, to get up to go do whatever it is that they want to do when they want to do it, and to lose that, to be dependent, to where their life is controlled by someone else, to lose importance, to realize that at one point in time you were very valuable. But now people see you as, as less than valuable. On the surface, this season of life is only about one thing. It's about loss. And so, in studies on the different seasons of life, they tend to assign like a, a, a natural cycle of, of the year. So, if there is a, a time of the year which aligns with, with this kind of season of life, it's the fall or autumn, right? Right? All of the, the fresh things of life from spring are gone, right? The monotony and kind of like the hard drive of, of the middle of life and the summer is now over and you're now into the fall season, the autumn season where things speed up a little bit. Have you ever noticed how quickly in autumn the, the leaves change? Anybody, right? Because we all know if you get on the Interstate 49 you go all up to Fayetteville, it's a beautiful drive, but you have to catch it on the right day, Right? And so what happens on the right day, the news and everyone else will be sharing, hey, it's the time to go see all the leaves. And if you're like me, if you're a little bit busy, you go two days too late. And the difference of two days is you can see everything that's beautiful, the colors and the oranges and the yellows and the greens, or if you're like me and you go two days too late, what do you see? Brown, bare naked sticks, and it's terrible. You're like, what is this? What happened to the beautiful drive? Now it just barren and gray and brown. What a terrible combination. Gray and brown. It's terrible. In this season of life, when I've talked to people who, who, who are in it, or they've talked to me about how things seem to just kind of move quicker. They don't have anything to do with their day the way they used to. They, and so the days begin to kind of blend together. It's almost like they can feel it just kind of rushing them out. As we talk about this season, if you're not in the season, I do want you to use it to kind of look ahead. But I also want you to think of people in your life who are there right now. Part of this series is not just helping you transition between the seasons that you're going through, but helping you love the people better who are in the different seasons that you might not understand, the ones that you've forgotten. I want you to put faces to it as we talk about this. So on the surface, the culture and even the church kind of says your best days are behind you. Everything from here, it is now the downward slope, right? Less of pretty much everything. You're going to lose the people that you love. You're going to lose the things that you used to be able to do. You're going to lose your mobility, your independence. And eventually, you're going to lose your life. The ultimate thing that all of us, somewhere in the recesses of our soul, the ultimate thing that we fear about the last season of life, is that, of course, it is the closest to the end of life. Even if there is a reality that in Christ, in some way, shape, or form, Jesus will take us through death to the other side, we've all got to pass through that. There's no way to the life without death except for through death. And this is something that most of us are not ready for. And so, uh, the whole point of this, this series, I wanted to help you prepare for each season. I also want you to see that if there is a way for you to go through every season in a healthy way with God, I would say this to you. Every season of life can, it has the potential, to be a gift to you. Meaning a special experience to experience life, to feel, to sense, to think, to take in, to express, to share. A special gift of experience that no other season can offer you. If you live each season the right way, if you let the seasons take you where they want to take you, where God has created these seasons to take you, there is a unique experience in every season of life which has a purpose. And I want to tell you that the last season of life is one of the most special seasons of life. It's going to be hard for me to teach this, but I'm going to try today. Here's the first gift of this season of life. The last season of life has a first gift that it offers you. And this is the hardest gift for all of us to, to receive. The first gift of the, of the last season of your life is this. You have less distractions. Now, the world will tell you this. The world will say, look, you have less to do, less to offer, less people want you around, You, you your, your life is going downhill. But here's what I'm trying to explain to you. There's a natural rhythm that God has built into this season of life. He has created a natural kind of a transition in life. It has a purpose to it. I want you to see that, have you ever joked about the fact that being an infant and being extremely elderly is is like very simple? Have you guys ever talked about, you know, they can't, okay, I'm not making offense at all, but I, I just want to make a, connection right we joke about it sometimes right but, but you know sometimes you might have to be cared for in both seasons correct in both seasons you might not be able to see well or hear uh, or you know hear well there's a newborn around here somewhere and it it only has the ability right now to see about 3 feet from its face its ability to comprehend the world around it is very limited it's, it it hears kind of gurgled sounds and sees kind of mixed colors it it's unable right now to fully perceive what's real in this world I want you to see this. See this. The last stage of our life is a preparation stage. The whole point of being old, the whole goal in that season is this this is the season of life that prepares us for the next life. In the same way that when you are an infant, you are grasping. You, this whole world is new to you. you are, your, your ability to, to function, to perceive is limited. We, in our culture, we talk about how it must be so terrible to be elderly because we, you know, we don't get to enjoy this world the way we used to. I want you to tell you something about this. The last season of life, for those of us who have hope in Christ, it is a season of preparation for the next season. The heroes in my life, I thought about this the other day, uh, I, actually I had a, had a session with a, a spiritual director, basically someone who, who asked you lots of questions, they listened very intently, it's very scary. And, and he asked me this question, he said, so who is like your spiritual hero, you know? And I started thinking about that. And every name that came to me was someone who was living in the last season of their life. Because there is a space that you can get to, there is a place if you would embrace a season of life with less distractions, a slow season of life. There's no need to rush to this thing or to run to the to the to the baseball practice, and then to the recital. And again, that season of life is a gift. But the gift of the next season is you don't have those restraints. You get to move at your own pace, spend your day the way you want to spend it. And particularly, it's an invitation to move at a pace with God. that There's a book called uh, Water Buffalo Faith. How, how exciting is that? Anybody? Okay, that's, that's just thrilling, isn't it? <laughs> it's all about this, right? It's about the fact that water buffaloes move very slowly. They're not in a hurry, and if you want to make them do something, it won't work. They move at a very slow pace. And the whole idea of this is this. There is a pace of sensitivity with God. You can only find that sensitivity if you're moving slowly. Have a picture. Imagine if Jesus has a very like casual southern walk. Right? Not talking about a like, New York City walk. You know, I mean like a casual, right? The only way to have that to have that connection is to slow down and kind of just meander, right? There is a sensitivity, spiritually, that you will never get in a hurried pace of life. It doesn't matter how many books you read, how many services you go to, how many gurus you go to, you will never find it until you find a slow pace of life. The first gift of our last season of life is that God gives us a natural transition into a deeper connection with Him. It does not mean that every one of you are going to accept that gift. It doesn't mean you're going to open up. It doesn't mean that, that you're going to enjoy it. But this is the first offering. For those of us who are, um, how do we say this, work-oriented. We, we, if I were to go around the room, there are a few people who I can already know do not plan to ever retire. You are what you do, right? Retirement is what you need. I've always told people that... that there's no such thing as retirement in my future. But the more that I am matured, I realize retirement is a season of life that I'm going to need almost more than all the other seasons. I almost need to be forced to slow down with God. And there is an invitation to a depth of connection with God that this season offers that no other season of your life can offer. The second offering of the season is a little bit more exciting. Imagine this. You have all of the time that you want, okay? You don't have to be anywhere do anything. You have freedom. Now again, we're assuming that by the grace of God that your health is is strong and steady. Imagine if you had time and freedom, but you had this, you had perspective. When you you sit down with the younger version of yourself, right? when you sat down with the younger version of yourself, how much of you would, would give advice about, hey, don't worry about that. That's not worth your time. All those hours you wasted doing this, Or doing that. You know what? The most valuable things, if you could change anything, spend your time doing this. This is where the good stuff is. I've only been pastoring for, gracious, I I guess 14 years now. And every year, I want to go back and tell myself, hey, don't waste your time on that. Invest yourself here with these people. This is the good stuff. Imagine if you had a season of your life where you don't have to do this, don't have to be there, but you can spend your life with the things that matter most. Those things that bring you joy. Specifically, those people who bring you joy. There's a season of life where we get to untangle ourselves from all of the the pressures of society and we get to focus on the things and people that mean most to us. And the best thing is you have an automatic out. If you call into work and say, hey, uh, I have priorities I need to go spend time with my family they're more valuable than my work how's it going to go for you right now but when you're old what do you do I'm sorry I'm old <laughs> it's a perfect cop out hey we need someone to come help us with blah 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 at the church sorry Pastor Devin I'm old and it's over. You can't say anything. You have a constant freedom now, right? The automatic guy. You guys are not comfortable laughing about that. But, but it works. It works. Here's the third gift of this season, right? You might not realize this, and our culture hasn't told you this, but this is the season for taking risks. Now, that's a shift for most of you. I want you to see this. This is the season for taking risks one of the saddest things you'll ever experience is to sit with someone at the edge of their life. They're about to transition and they're not ready for it. And all they have are just the regrets, the what-ifs. What you need to realize is that God is going to gift you a season of life to take care of all the what-ifs. A season of life where you are free to go after, to pursue, to take that risk, to jump at those things that you wish you had done 20 years ago. 40 years ago, and you never did, now you get a chance to. <laughs> One of the best authors I've ever read on this stuff, his name is Parker Palmer. He has this quote. He said, old equals nothing to lose. <laughs> old equals nothing to lose. What's the worst that can happen? Going to die? <laughs> Come on, you got to had to lighten up a little bit. All equals nothing to lose. This is a season for taking risks. For doing things that in your younger years when you got the kids at home, people would say, that's a little careless. That's a little little risky, don't you think? And now you have a season of life where you get to live without fear. What do you have to lose in this season of life? The fourth gift of the season. You're on the brink of of the new one of the best books that you could ever read about aging it's called on the brink of everything the idea is that in this last season of life you are standing on the edge looking out at a new world that you have never seen before you never experienced before that there is a point of view right that there is a an ability to see that you can only see when you've reached that place Anyone who likes to hike in here? Anybody? Three people, awesome. We're very outdoorsy here at Grace Church. <laughs> super outdoors. you like to hunt and fish and all. Yeah. Amen. Um, <clears throat> for all the uh, super outdoorsy ones. I don't understand people who hike to places that don't have a view. Do you know what I'm talking about? There are people who just like to hike to hike. You guys are not laughing at anything today. I <laughs> I understand we're talking about death and old age, but laugh a little bit. Okay. There are people who hike to a destination that's just like a circle. Like you hike and you come back around and they go, that was fun. No, the hikes that have a little bit of value, it's still not even worth it, but it's just kind of a, a trick to yourself. I want to hike so I get to go have the view, right? And at the end of it, there'll be this great like landscape, like you're on a mountaintop and there's like this valley and river and trees and everyone goes, oh, it was worth it. No, it wasn't. But at least you get a view, right? You cannot see things. You, you can never get that experience. You cannot see things that way unless you get that point of view, unless you've taken that journey. There is a perspective. There is a way to look at all of life that everyone in this room who's not in that last season, you will not see it until you're there. You can ask people what it's like, hey, so what do you see up there? And they can try their best to relay it to you, but you will never get the experience until you're there. The pictures aren't the same thing. The Instagram photos not the same thing, right? You've got to be there. You know, uh, as a pastor, I've had one mission in, in the 14 years I've been doing this. One, I want to find what is it that people need most to, to be able to thrive with God? What is that one thing people need the most? And then two, I... I want to meet that, and so if you could like journey with me through my fourteen years in ministry, you would see me shift emphasis. Okay, what they really need is to get blasted by the Holy Spirit, boom, and everything's better. What they really need is to be like theologians. We're going to teach them everything, the Greek, everything. Boom. Wait, that didn't help. Okay, um, what they need is Eucharist and baptism. Well, that's not going to work by itself either. What they need is is fellowship. What, these people, what do they need? You guys are not laughing. You're like, yeah, we've been through all those things. Those are great. <laughs> I found that all these things have a piece in the puzzle, but I was off. I was addressing the wrong parts of the human being. I was addressing the head now, or, or trying to address the body or trying to, you know, the body. Thing. Hey, if they just stop sinning with that body, everything will be fine. Stop doing bad things. And yeah, amen, did that work for you guys? No? Okay, didn't think so. Come on, you guys got to loosen up. I mean, I get that we're talking about this topic. Come on. I realize that the thing that every one of you in this room needs more than anything is to heal your soul. That every one of you walks into this room with brokenness that you cannot touch, you cannot quantify, you can't write it down on paper. You don't even really know what in the heck we're talking about, but you know it's there, you feel it. And this brokenness in the inside drives everything you do. Drives what you think and how you vote and how you work and how you handle marriages and children and scriptures and singing. Every single thing starts in this invisible place. And so we've built this entire church, this entire series is built around one thing. I want to address the invisible stuff that you can't see. And this fourth gift kind of touches this. I want you to understand this. The last season of life is about addressing that invisible space inside of you. That you don't feel it right now because everyone around you has told you the opposite, but this should be the most exciting time of your life. (laughs) I know I'm young. I'm not there. I get it. Trying to give you advice as a pastor. This should be the most exciting time of your life. You should get to discover who you are apart from anything else. You should get to feel and experience the nearness of God as you go into the most uncertain experience of all humans. The only reason you are terrified of death is because you have to go through it alone. If you had someone, if you had a way to know that someone could literally take you by the hand and walk you through, you would not fear it the same way. I used to be terrified of roller coasters. I mean, like, embarrassingly, like, scared of them. You know, like, everyone would be talking about them. I'd be like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Excuse. You know, that whole thing, right? And I had this friend of mine who just called me out, like, no, we're going on every ride. I'm gonna take you by the hand every single ride. I don't care what you say, we're doing it. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure, like, what happened to my willpower that day, but it broke. And somehow, having someone just go, we're gonna do this, let's do it. Still scared. <laughs> I mean, You know, like sweating scared, right? But somehow it changed. Somehow I was able to just get in there and strap down. The last season of life is the final chance that we get to experience, just kind of in your mind imagine this, to experience, to feel, to realize that there is a hand holding our hand. To realize that we are not going into the next season of life alone. The reason we must have a season of life where we can't put our focus anywhere else but right here is because it is the last chance we have to deal with fear. It's the last chance we have to come to grips with death. It's the last chance we have to discover who we are without all of the lies that this world gives us. Because everyone in this room knows that you are not what you do. You all know that money doesn't matter for anything as far as who you are as a person. You all know that your achievements really don't matter, that people are going to forget you when you're gone. You're really encouraged. Amen. Um, (laughs) You all know that your kids are going to get older to a point where they're not calling you anymore. You all know this, but we lie to ourselves. And you have one last chance, a season of life, to shake all of those deceptions away. To pull back to find who you are, who you are, and to find a way in the depths of who you are to realize that you are not alone. The the names I gave the spiritual direction when when he asked me, he said, Hey, so, you know, who are your heroes? And had some names I listed down. I realized that none of those people who I listed were scared of death. It just kind of shook me. What in the world? And, he, and uh, his answer to me he said, You know, I think I realized that what you're after, Devin, is to get to a place like these guys, where you are so connected to God, where you are not afraid of the next. And this is the only season of life that creates that space for you, that naturally slows everything down and says you only have one focus right now yourself. Now, I want to talk about the last gift of the season. This season is about you, but, but there is an opportunity for you. This season is about self-discovery. This season is about getting ready for the next experience of life, to take the wildest ride that comes next, to experience the life with no death. But there is an opportunity for you in this last season of life. You get the invitation to pour your life, the gifts you have, into other people, The invitation to sow without reaping. Now, whenever we talk about giving, we're always going to talk about the reaping, because, you know, that's what we want. Hey, guess what? You get to give us all your money and get nothing. Amen? Who's excited? And everyone goes, not doing it. Sorry. I'll head down to uh, Cherokee Nation, right? The payoff's better. Got it. (laughs) Come on. Let's just be honest. This ain't no slot machine, people. This is Jesus. Okay. Okay. Imagine if you went through a cycle of healing where you did not need to prove anything to anyone. You you were not doing anything because of an insecurity. You felt no pressure. You felt no bar to reach. You are fully content in yourself to do nothing, but you had the opportunity to pull yourself into the younger generation. You will never get to see what comes out of them you'll never get to see the value of that but you know what? you don't need it anymore this morning in in in, in the, we the pre-service meeting i, I kind of challenged leaders i said you know you have great intentions we all do but almost everyone in this room we are pouring into people because we want to see the results i'm going to sacrifice so i can get to enjoy a big church I'm going to pour into this family in trouble so that they can be so appreciative. Whatever that thing is, we all pour out with the desire to receive. The last season of life, you get to come to a place where you can love so purely. You can serve so selflessly. You get to live life without any need for anything in return from anyone. It's not a must, it's an option. Someone kind of closes up on this. Everyone in this room who's not in the last season of life, here's what you need to learn from them. You are not your achievements. You are not your appearance. You are not your affluence, meaning how much money you've made. That's not who you are. If you look at your life right now, the majority of your, of your energy is going to the, into the three A's. You're working out. You're eating right, doing the keto, trying to get the bod in shape. Your appearance Try and get the Botox a little bit, get the lines out. Anyone got the hair receding? (laughs) Dudes got silent. Dudes got silent. Whoa, back up. There's a part in you that knows you are not your appearance. It's a part of me that will always feel the same age, no matter what happens with my body. You are not your achievements. There's a part of you that knows that. But look at how much of the energy of your life is poured into that. And you are not what you've accumulated. doesn't matter how many toys, how many savings accounts, how many bank accounts. doesn't matter what you've accomplished or even how little you have. That has nothing to do with who you are as a person. But the problem is, is that you haven't learned that yet. We can learn from the last season of life by knowing that these things are not who we are. If you can get a head start on learning that now, your ability to transition will be so much smoother. Retirement is one of the hardest experiences for Western men, period. Because our culture tells us we are what we do. Empty nesting is one of the hardest experiences for women in our culture. Now it's becoming retirement also. But because our, our culture said certain things about women, to lose the need to care for children, they're gone. They don't need you anymore. Start now. Figure out who you are now without those things before they're taken away. Because they will be taken away from you. Here's the last kind of parting word I want to give to everyone in the last season of life. Your career may be over, but your calling is not. There's a space where the things that bring you joy, the gifts that you have, and the needs around you. If you kind of find a place that kind of meet, where do those things meet? Things that bring you joy. The gifts inside of you. And the needs of the people around you. Where they meet, almost all the time we find this thing we call calling. Meaning, what does God put you on the earth to do? There's no human that was ever born that was given the calling of God to make money. There's no human on the earth that was given the calling of God to be the best basketball player ever. Amen. Here's God going, Michael Jordan going to be a baller. (laughs) I just can't wait to watch this guy. This guy's going to be the best trash guy ever. No, no, no. Your calling is always associated to people. You might be good at basketball. You might be good at making money. You might be good at these different things, but don't confuse that with your calling. A gift is not a calling. Our last class in in, in our uh, spiritual formation is called Discernment where we take five weeks to help you find your calling. Where does your joy, where do your gifts, and where do the needs of people around you meet? If you are beyond your career right now, and if you haven't found your calling yet, it's time to find your calling. You're right. Human beings were never created to just be stagnant. There is a reason you feel the need to do something. You don't know what it is yet. This is the season of life to find your calling. To pour into people without any need to meet any bar, without any need to to receive pay or to have anyone validate you. This is the time of your life to find out how it feels to pour out into people without any fear, without any pressure, without any obligation. And this is the seed that you need the season. Find your calling in the season. And as always, if you need help on that, we're here for you. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to have the prayer team come on down. There's two things this morning. First of all, if you are hurting this morning because you know that someone you deeply love has kind of been suffering during the last season of their life. If you know that they have not receive the attention, the love, the care. We want to pray with you. We want to pray that God will give you a creative solution to improve the quality of life for this person. And secondly, if you're someone who is in the last season or facing it and you are not ready for it, you are lost, we want to pray with you. There is direction, there is clarity, and you're not alone. Before we close, we we'll always give care tips, meaning i I want to teach us how to love people better. I want you to picture the people in your life from the last season of their life. Here's the ways that you can love them better. To the people in the last season of life, we are going to be careful not to overlook them. Not to underestimate them. Not to ignore them. Not to exclude them. And not to abandon them. So Father, we just come to you this morning. We ask that if there are people in that stage of life who we haven't, who we might feel like we've abandoned, we've ignored them, we've excluded them, we ask that the grief and the guilt wouldn't overcome us. Right now we ask for creative directions, solutions. How do we bring them into our lives? How do we learn from them and listen to them and value them with how do we do this in a real organic way that's going to fit and work and be consistent? And for every one of us who's facing this season and we're not ready, we don't know the answers Things who, who we are. How do we? Father, we ask right now, Lord, that You would meet them. They are not alone. We ask right now, Lord, that You'd put people in our hearts from the last season of life that we need to pour into, that we need to reach out to, that we need to spend time with. Father, we pray that here at Grace Church You'd speak to the leadership, that we would have creative ideas on how to minister to those in the last season of life, how to prepare people for the last season of life and how to learn from people in the last season of life. And So Father, we offer this family of God to You. Help us be a place of of honor and safety and value for every person who's entering that last season of life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said